All Things Unexplained, hosted by Dr. Mounts. Let's face it, we were always ready to roll without him anyway. <laughs> CJ Derringer. Ain't nobody perfect, right? And Smitty Neves. I've never planned out hardly anything my whole life. I just free ball. Featuring Cajun Man. I'm just old nobody, somebody looking for somebody. Previously on All Things Unexplained. And I was walking from the kitchen to the bedroom, going through the hallway, and I heard a voice, and it was the same voice from the train. Mm. And the voice was in the back of my head. And the voice said, at 7.30, you will lay down and we will perform a surgery. First of all, I don't have voices in my head. So this was a very loud, clear audio. So that's the first time I ever heard an extraterrestrial being speak to me ever. So I stopped, froze, and I looked at my husband. I told him what just happened. And we just looked at each other like we didn't know what to do about that. And I said to him, well, I'm not going to go to the bedroom at 730 and I'm not laying down. I'm going to get out of here. So... But something compelled me to stay in the apartment. And towards 7.30, I started feeling this very strong urge to just walk towards the bed. And I actually couldn't really move from that course. So for those of us that have never had experience like yours. I want to go back to the beings in Paris. And you said that they were small, right? Yes. Okay. What, how else could you describe them? Like what, I know well, it was brief were, for you. Yeah. They, they were the typical grays. They were like about, it's about a three and a half to four foot. These little grays, they had these like really big heads and these little tiny body. And they were just kind of in a row and just looking at me. What was really crazy about that night is my daughter in California and my husband's nephew, who was, I think, in Morocco, texted us at the same time and said one saw ships outside his hotel room or his apartment building coming towards his window. And my daughter was texting saying that she felt paralyzed in bed. She felt something was in her room and she couldn't move her body. That happened the same night the aliens came to my room and we didn't find that out till late that next day. Oh man. Now had your husband ever spoken to an alien through somebody before or was that the first time that he had that interaction? Well, that's a good question. And this is where everybody has to hang on, okay? Because they're gonna freak okay. out at this part. So, <laughs> so my husband is a psychic medium. So most people know what that is. And he was born uh, with this ability and it grew over time. He thought he was just really smart growing up, but he actually was getting a lot of messages for people and especially people who have crossed over. He became a heavy metal musician in New York for about 10 years. And then he eventually moved to LA. But during that time, he started to see there was something going on with him where he kept giving more and more messages to people on the subway, at the restaurant, and, you know, he just couldn't control it. And so you have to picture this tall, like six foot three, long haired, heavy metal, like hairband 
musician <laughs> is getting messages on the subway to somebody about their sister who's talking to them. So that's what happened to him. And then he started to go into this place called trance channeling, which is where if you keep going with psychic mediumship and you really just surrender your body and completely let go and you have a good heart, that's the key. You have to have a good heart. You have to have a really balanced, you know, psyche because there's many different things that can come into your being from interdimensional space. We don't know who can come into you if you leave yourself wide open, as some people know with astral projection and things like that. So when you do that, you have to have like kind of discernment to know that it's high vibrational, whoever is coming through you. So he started doing that before he met me. So he was giving messages to people with other beings speaking through him. Now, I know this is the part where some people might click me off and that's okay. You can do a lot of research on our website. We explain everything. And by the way, this is one of communication beginning of time. It's been documented. So this is not unusual or weird. It's just, um, it's considered uh, non-religious. So religious people really make it sound really, really bad. So I get it. Anyway, moving on. So he had this ability to communicate, but he didn't communicate technically with what I considered aliens. So he connected with people that have lived here on the planet at one point in their lives and then had crossed over and have become like a higher guide and was giving people personal messages. So over the last 10 years, he has given thousands and thousands and thousands of messages and in the gatherings, you know, in our and internationally to a lot of people live. So he's very validated. He's considered one of the top trans channels of our generation now. But at the time, that's all I knew. I was just starting to understand what he was doing. So to him, this was more like, yeah, I'm familiar with what's happening. Just go with it. Right. I'm not familiar personally with it. So I wasn't as comfortable. Right. You know, Araya, so right. much... Of, a, yes. of the subject matter on our show really crosses over and we've dealt with this term synchronicity a lot and it's amazing the synchronicity that pops up obviously where we don't expect it is your husband familiar with electronic voice phenomenon or you are you familiar with electronic voice phenomenon I am finding out about it recently. I've had trans-channeled experiences where I have actually felt electronic box in my voice box and people have heard me speak electronically many times. So I didn't know that was a thing or what it was. And I don't know if we're even talking about the same thing, but I'm recently finding out that there is a, a phenomenon where they put a voice box. Is that what you're talking about? Well, not exactly, like but, I, but I, I'll get, I'll, we had an electronic voice phenomenon researcher, expert on the show one time by the name of Gary Arnold. Now, electronic voice phenomenon is the utilization of electronic devices to record voices around you that, that you may not hear without the device, but you hear them when you play them back. And older devices seem to work better. Interestingly, you know, this, this kind of took off around the invention of electronic devices and at the time mediums were quite popular and such as a way of connecting with spirits or beings on the other side of this life or in other dimensions so a lot of this really has parallels with what you're talking about but one super 
interesting piece of synchronicity, I think, is that here you are, you're having these alien experiences. Our guest, Gary Arnold, revealed that the voices he was able to record on his electronic device, which most people think of traditionally as ghosts or spirits, they revealed to him that they were actually aliens. And so it just seems like a really interesting crossover with with a lot of your life there. In the 60s and 70s, there was a documentary, an Italian documentary called The Friendship Group. I believe that's the title, and I can, correct me if I'm wrong. I'll, I'll correct it if I am. Um, they documented this phenomenon with a group of aliens called The Friends, who happened to have come through my husband recently, and that's how I found out about them. We have them recorded and placed on YouTube. You can listen to them. But this group came through electronic devices, like you're talking about, and they documented it, recorded it, and made a documentary. So, yeah, there, I've heard of this phenomenon for sure. There's definitely, they'll find any ways to communicate. And I make jokes all the time, like, you're being communicated with when you go watch certain movies that are being channeled by the screenwriter who's writing it or the novelist who's writing their novel, you have no idea what type of influence or communication is coming through those types of channels. And sometimes you'll hear extraordinary like uh, musicians or people playing an instrument and they feel like they are just levitating off the stage and they something's taking them over. Sometimes that is them tap, tapping into those dimensions and right. it's kind of like the veil gets thinner and you feel that vibration of other beings. There's many different ways. Right. Some might say the music gods are real. I think so. <laughs> True. We, yes. Now, we have a listener question, and I say the music gods are real because that's actually references, like I said, synchronicity just keeps popping up with this show and our guest. We had another guest who wrote a book called The Baseball Gods Real, but he's also working on a book called The Music Gods Are Real. And wow. it's very much about that sort of experience that you're referring to there. I have but, a lot to say on that topic, being my husband is a musician, and I have uh, some theories about the people who have come through, the big icons of our life that have left massive lasting impressions on us that have changed our lives, and we're not the same people because of them, and they're just simply musicians. I believe they're a part of a soul group that are here to raise and elevate and to also help people feel comforted and you know some people get comforted by heavy metal some people like pop some people like classical music but it just depends you know like many people think maybe beethoven and and mozart were touched you know they had a special connection and many different artists you know right sign so, me up for that concert by the way that's an awesome yeah, conversation me too. <laughs> so we do have a listener question and i want to comment on the music the the musicians have gone on you know to the other side i have a very short list of musicians that are dear to me that i really really want to see before they pass on and i've actually had concert tickets before where musicians before the concert have literally went on their deathbed and so it's really sad you know i know i won't get to see all of them but i hope to get to see as and hear as many as i can but Orion. We, we have a mutual friend of a friend. Her name is Kelly, and she actually is, is close friends with someone that you are friends with, 
in Malibu, and she had a couple of questions for you, if that's okay. Sure. So first up, Kelly would like to know, do you think the welcome to Fresno sign was related to the Paris incident? For example, do you think they prepped you back when you were 23 for the incident in 2010? I'm going to take you further back than that. I actually got prepped when I was five years old. And these memories, these repressed memories started to come back to me as I started to connect the dots, as I reverse engineered these, these experiences, I saw I had some unusual things happen when I was five. So that's when it actually started. So I'll tell you two incidences when I was five is I had what I thought could have been a Yeti or a Sasquatch now that I know. At the time, wow. I thought it was a big, hairy, giant creature that was bigger than the door trying to constantly wrestle my door to come in from the outside. I had an outside like French door and they were constantly trying. I could see the silhouette and I would break out into a sweat and I used to always ask my mom to sleep in a sleeping bag because I felt like I would be protected and I would curl in a little ball at the end of the sleeping bag to protect myself because I was certain this creature would eat me and it would come every night and this happened for several, I th in my baby mind, it felt like months, but it could have been a couple weeks. Um, it was absolutely terrifying. And then this, on another note, a complete opposite experience was the same time frame, same house. I was standing in the living room, I was five years old, and my told this story publicly. It's gonna sound weird, <laughs> but I'm no, gonna go, go for, for it. it. Okay. <laughs> so my mom was sitting there just watching me, and I'm doing my thing, just let you know, playing in the living room. And all of a sudden, I got this tap on the top of my head, it's this feeling I remember it stopped me cold and I just like stopped and I stood straight up and I walked to the center of the living room and I was as straight as a pole just standing there and I looked at my mom with big eyes and I started crying she goes what's what's going on honey are you okay what's the matter and I said god loves me so much and I screaming and I felt this bolt of light coming from the top of my head and I started spinning with my hands out and I started spinning. I know it sounds like poultry guys, but just think positive. It was a good experience. Yeah. <laughs> and I started crying because it was like my heart was just bursted open and, and my mom was like strong or good or bad. And I just kept saying, there's so much love. I feel so much love and I couldn't stop saying that. So that was the first supernatural experience I had. I've tracked it all the way back. I've even tracked it as far back as my dad. Hey, Unexplained Ones, this is Dutch Mouse. We would love for you to follow us and give us a five-star review. Check us out at allthings-unexplained.com. There you will find links to our Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, Buy Me a Coffee, and Patreon. This podcast is made possible with support from listeners like you. We are also brought to you by Coma Toast Tacos, home of Squatching.com, where you'll find my Bigfoot-themed children's books. We appreciate you. And now more alien abduction, alien surgery with Oracle Orion. Here's what I found out about my dad. I have to tell you. This is yes. a recent development. <laughs> So my dad's father worked at Lockheed 
at a very high, he was very high up in the food chain. Oh, and wow. he was a designer and inventor with patents. And so was my grandpa, by the way. At so Lockheed. CJ might know some of these folks. <laughs> yeah, so he, was a, he developed patents for Lockheed. I'm telling you, synchronicity what? keeps <laughs> popping up. Maybe we're related. We have to definitely talk after this. Okay, so I, I okay, wow. So he has my he has my dad. Uh, they there was a divorce when my dad was very young in the fifties, and he reminded me kind of of a Dennis the Menace type. I use that reference because back then that's exactly what he looked like and exactly how he acted. <laughs> So they put him in a behavioral center for boys in a military school until he was 16. When he came out, he tried public school. It didn't work out over like three months, he dropped out. And then he went into heavy religion when he was about 25, like really severe, like hiding. He had me when he was in his thirties and he was very loving beautiful man uh dark blue purple eyes very serious he was a libra so he's very light-hearted but he was very intense and he only cared about the unseen worlds ufos aliens don't believe everything you see don't just take the propaganda the teachers are telling you i'm in the fourth grade listening to this <laughs> In the, in the so early true, though. 70s, early <laughs> 80s. He was acting so strange all the time. He, I thought, for many years, I thought he was autistic as I got older and that term started to become more calm and I thought maybe that's what it was. He would have a lot of social anxiety, uh, having a hard time connecting to people, but he always looked like he was very tuned into something. He was not dreamy. He was very hyper-focused. It was the opposite. It was like an eagle. It was like a bird. It was like the way those eyes go, like really intense. That's how he was. And so imagine having a dad like that. It's just really weird. But like I somehow got used to it and learned how to be around him and he could only really be around me. So he would tell me more things, but I don't know how much he's told me. All I know is growing up, I was told constantly not to believe everything you see. I just kept hearing him my whole life telling me it's not real. It's an illusion. All of this is an illusion. And I'm like, you know, there was a time when I thought maybe he had done a lot of drugs, but now that I'm, and he didn't, but like now that I'm looking back and connecting dots and learning about the 20 and back and learning about, um, you know, the secret space program and understanding, you know, just everything and watching cosmic disclosure on Gaia and Emery Smith and David Wilcock and, Corey Good. I'm like, wait a minute, these stories are very familiar. And it's to the point where I actually feel um, that I could have maybe even been in that kind of program because I have time missing from the first grade to the third grade. Who knows what happened? I don't know. My, my entire childhood was very strange. And then my dad was moving every six months. We lived in hotels, apartments, houses, RVs. He always had a job. He was always clean cut. Uh, he never was like... Um, considered a reject or something like he was never in jail he was never like society didn't reject him he fit into society it's just that he was he was just on the outskirts of everything and I never understood what any of that meant but now that I've spent 10 years diving in and dissecting and just getting to the bottom of this I'm finding out that this could be a family 
uh, thing. <laughs> I don't know what to call it, oh, but yeah. like they come for the family, you know? Right. Definitely. And my oldest son works at NASA and that's another oh. story, but I will tell you, he rejects all of this and he's horrified if he heard this interview he hates all of it <laughs> so he's kind of like how you were with your dad when you were growing exactly <laughs> we're speaking with special guest oracle oriah mirza who is here telling us about all of her myriad experiences and it's an honor having her on the show tonight kelly and i had the same question in terms of and this is the last question about the paris story i promise and then we'll move forward but what is cloaking well, you know, cloaking, from what I understand, and I'm not an expert, is that it's a projection of what you're, what's behind you is projected in front of you, so it looks as though it's an illusion, so it's like cloaked, but it's not the way the alien described it when he was speaking to my husband. He said it completely different, and I wish we could have remembered what he said, maybe when I get hypnotized we can lock that in because it was said totally different than how us humans have explained it. So I don't, I think it's more advanced than that. I think there's something more, there's more technology involved than what we have figured out is how it felt when the way they described it. Absolutely. And you know, we, we had a show insider and you, you mentioned other dimensions, Oriah, and we had a show insider speaking of current events and ufos and the military encounters and their theory was and that and they have a close contact in the navy and their theory was that as far as them disappearing they're literally moving into another dimension it's not that they're accelerating so fast away from us that we that they're gone and we can't see them anymore but it's the case of them slipping into another dimension. So I just thought it was very interesting you brought that up. Uh, uh, we're seeing a lot of commonalities here with so many things that we've dealt with in the show from the past, decades ago, to the present, to who knows what we're going to find out in the future. And I, I just think it's amazing. So I did have a very important question for you that I wanted, that I wondered, or I, the alien inside of you, did they happen to have a name? I have to ask my husband. I've never asked that question. Um, I don't oh. know why I haven't asked. I guess that didn't stand out for me. What I do understand about names with aliens is uh, sometimes they will give you a name to humor you, but it's not for them. It's not a name for that they call themselves or, or that, they, that they need to call each other. So they do it because they know we need that we need that identification like we need a name <laughs> so there's times where aliens if you ask them their name they'll give you a name i don't know if it is their name <laughs> it's right. just what we it, it gives us a sense of uh comfort i guess and that makes sense you know I, i'm a marvel comics fan and a marvel cinematic universe fan there's actually a a cosmic being in marvel comics called galactus Smitty may know of, of this being. Yeah. And anyway, Galactus in the comics, whoever is looking upon him, they see him in terms of their own culture and society. So everybody sees a different thing when they actually look upon that cosmic being. They actually all have different names for him too. So 
that's pretty interesting and I could totally understand that. We did have another listener here question here real quick, if that's okay, from George Winters. They were fascinated with your story about your dad. I, I think that's fascinating too. Holy cow. And and if they know somebody that CJ knows that works there, it would just be mind-blowing. But George Winters wanted to know, did, did your father's experience, do you think that played any role, his interest, did you think that had any role to play with your future interactions and did your dad, as far as you know, ever interact with aliens? Well, the first question, the first I want to say is no, I didn't see any correlation at all. And I didn't see how he, I never saw him interact with aliens. That's the first answer. But to go deeper, I would like to say that it is possible. Of course, tell me, and he always looked like he was holding information back from me. He always looked like he was just he wanted to tell me something that he couldn't tell me his whole life. He was like that. And then as far as the correlation between us, I don't think there's any accidents now that I know what I know and the kind of intense research that I've done on this subject and also just my own myriad of downloads, I can see the correlation that we're all connected. I see that this is, uh, you know, my dad, myself, my grandfather, even my son, this is a soul group that are here to understand this type of technology and to help with hum I mean personally I think it's to help with humanity in my case that's what I'm doing with this information well I've got a question what 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 was the voice what I mean what did it sound like did it sound human did it sound I'm glad you asked that I'm glad you asked that question um the moment that I actually got connected to feeling and sensing and experiencing and a voice outside of our earth realm. So right. uh, it was very distinct for me and I'll never forget it. So it felt like this very large looming, like round voice, not sharp or pitchy. It was like earthy sounding, like, like it sounded wholesome. Right. wholesome. It didn't sound dangerous. And it sounded like a male energy and it had a very calm resonance, very like slow cadence in the way they spoke. It wasn't, um, it wasn't unusual sounded. It kind of matched my own vibration. Like almost I could say I would have known this person. Like if it was my grandfather or something, like it almost could, it was familiar. Now, did you actually, you think that you actually heard the voice with your ears or were they speaking to you uh, mind to mind, telekinetically or, or what? They were definitely speaking through my inner ear. I heard them internally. Um, how I have attributed to some people when I want them to have this experience is if you close your eyes and imagine your mom saying your name. Yeah. Sounds like that. Okay. Like you know it's your mom's voice it's distinct it's separate from your own thoughts but you know it's not you yeah and i don't have i options of outside voices <laughs> to my head so i didn't really know what to do with this information it was so new for me i just know i heard it and i know i needed to respond to it 
So now you're back from Paris. You don't know what to make of what happened to you. Your husband's kind of forgotten it. And this alien tells you you're going to lie down in bed at 7 p.m. or yes. 7.30. And, um, and yes. you are fighting it and then instantly kind of compelled to do so. And you head to the bed and tell us what happens next. So I walk so I walk into the bed, into the bedroom, and I lay down on my side, which is on the right-hand side. And um, I found some pictures online and created uh, my book cover is a picture of me at the time. And it looked, I just created, if you look at the image or the, see how it looked, like the way I saw myself, how I felt in that moment. So I laid on the right side of the bed and I laid down perfectly straight and still with my hands down by my side, feet straight ahead. And I felt like I didn't have a lot of stay in this. This felt very like uh, rote, like I had to just do it. It was just something compelled me very strongly. And so I laid down and I closed my eyes and I said, I don't want to do this to myself and and my head. I said, I don't want to do this. I don't want to do this. I don't want to do this. Like, just block it. Just stop. Whatever's going to happen, I don't want this. And that's when I saw my eyes opened again like that. To be continued. <laughs>